take it and make a declaration and say that this is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I am who it says I am. And I can do what it says I can do. So my heart's ready. And my mind's receptive to receive the Word of God for me today. Amen. Amen. As I say, we don't want to be too long this morning. Uh, I've got other things to do. Children are going to come back up in a little while. Uh, but this, this, this psalm, which starts off, and it always doesn't baffle me, but it encourages me, and it's, it strengthens me to know that these things were written even before Jesus came into this world. And, and, and David is writing this psalm with a, from a perspective of a different covenant than we have. It's, it's similar, but it's different, but it's not as good as the covenant that we have. Because the Bible says that he took away the first so that he may establish the second. And, and, the, and the establishing of the new covenant, I believe, needs to be in each and every one of us. And there are things that as we grow in our Christian walk... Uh, there is more and more of an establishment of that covenant and the, and, and the meaning of that and what it means to us and the benefits of that uh, that are available to us. And so thank God we live this side of the cross. <laughs> Hello. So thank God we live this side of the cross. And David is, is, is writing this from his perspective of, of his understanding and his revelation of who God is. And he got that through... His, his communion, his fellowship with God. And a lot of that was, his communion, his fellowship with God was gained in places of obscurity. You know, but one thing we do know about Jesus, we do know about David, that worship is so vital to us, us to establish worship in us and to be worshipers because in worship we receive so much more of what is available to us. In the kingdom of God, you get way more revelation, I believe, in worship as you, as you, as you give to God worship. And worship is, is giving of ourselves to God. And this psalm kicks off and says, bless the Lord, O my soul. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Wow. You know, this, this psalm starts off, bless the Lord, O my soul. You know, it's an individual thing. It says, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And then it goes, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Have you ever asked yourself the question, what is within you? Because we can't bless God with something that isn't within us. We can't give him of ourselves. We can't give him. We can only give him uh, what is within us, and what is within us is what has been received through into us by grace, through faith. So sometimes we're trying to bless God with not very much. Because maybe we haven't received very much. Maybe we haven't believed very much. Maybe we're still working things out. Maybe we're still struggling with things. Maybe we're still, you know, haven't quite grasped, got revelation of, of what it means to be full of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. 
See, is there anyone here this morning who say they're born again? That's good. See, so if you're, if you're born again, you've been changed. We are, we are changed. We still look the same on the outside. We still look like God's, we've got all the same, the same things that are going on around us. And, but there's something different on the inside of us. And so the stuff that goes on around us that, would, that could easily take us out, could easily you know, mess us up, could easily cause us to not be you know, what we particularly want to be, but it, it is, we have been changed on the inside, and everything on, there's all the power of heaven on the inside of us. But by grace, we've been saved. Peter says in 1 Peter 1 and verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. We have been born again. The Bible says in, in, you know, in the New Testament, Paul teaches that we are a new creation. Old things have passed away. How we used to react to things, we don't have to react to that way anymore. What used to take us out doesn't have to take us out anymore. What used to mess up doesn't have to mess us up anymore. Because we have been born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. The Bible says our righteousness is as, as, as filthy rags. On our own, outside of God, we can't get it right. But in Christ, he has made us righteous. Not self-righteous, but Christ-righteous. We are righteous before God. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? He cleaned us up. And we've been born again with goodness. We have this new life source which we've accepted by faith. And we don't deserve it. But we have received it. Why? Because we believe it. Because we believe it. See, what we believe changes us. What we believe dominates us. What we believe, you know, feeds us. What we believe causes us to be who we are. See, we can't say we believe something, but then act contrary to what we say we believe. Because we're, if we're acting contrary to what we say we believe, there's a part of us where we're not truly believing it. We act, like, we act out who we believe we are. And so the, 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 our, our faith, which we, which we are, the grace we've received by, by faith, we receive it because we believe it. It's a belief system. You know, if, if we, we, we can, you can do something stupid, thinking you're doing the right thing, but then suddenly realize you're, what you're believing is wrong. It changes the way you live. How many of you, how many of you, when you, when you, when you get revelation, or you believe, you believe something different to how you've been believing it, it changes you. <laughs> you know, I, I, grew, I grew up as, as a, you know, raised, I was raised in church, and, and well, that was a blessing, it was a benefit. In a lot of ways, 
In some ways, it was less of a benefit, but there were some things I learned that weren't quite right. But when I, when I, when I believed the truth, it changed me. It changed my thought pattern, and it changed the way I saw things, and so it changed the way I acted towards things. It changed the way I responded, because I then believed the truth. And we have this new life source, which we've accepted by faith. You see, you know, not everybody understands why they got saved. And we deserved, you see, we don't deserve what we receive, but we, we, we receive it, be, and we have it because we believed it. And we've been repositioned. And we're in a good position now. If you're a Christian, you're in a great position. You're in a good position. In Ephesians chapter 2, you know, Paul talks in Ephesians, the first few verses of chapter 2, he's talking about, you know, how we used to live. And you can read those few, those few verses, those three verses, and think, well, that's not me. I don't live like that. That's terrible. You know, I couldn't live like that. You know, but we, but we live contrary to the purposes and the plans of God. We're outside of the fellowship, outside of fellowship with him, outside of that place of communion with him. But then in verse 4, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy. And are you not glad that God does mercy good? He does it well. He does mercy well. I love one of the aspects of the Salvation Army people, the church and the way they meet and that. Uh, they, they have what they call a mercy seat at the, fr- at the front of the place where, where, they, where they gather. And you can go and if you, as it, to be ministered to, you can go there and you can, you can sit or kneel at that mercy seat. And just almost like for, get a fresh sense of, 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 of a recognition of the mercy of God. Says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Aren't you glad that God loved you? And he still does. Some of you questioned that this morning. I'm not too sure that God loves me. But God loves you. (laughs) He does. Because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses. Some translate it and sins. What did he do? He made us alive together with Christ. How did that? By dying on a cross. For by grace you have been saved. And then not only did he save us by grace, but he repositioned us. See, when I got an under, when I got when I got a fresh understanding, when I believed, when I saw this, you know, years and years ago, and I believed this, it changed the way I saw things, it changed the way I believed things, so it changed the way I acted towards things. When I got a revelation, I have been repositioned. He says, and he and raised us up together. Paul says, we are alive in Christ. You know, we, we were dead in our trespasses. But he has now raised us up together. And he's made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, you may be sitting on a blue chair this morning. You know, and, and, in, the, and in this world in which we live, we are, we are living our, our life 
in our flesh by faith. But we are, we are in Christ. We are positioned with Christ. We have been raised up with him and we're seated with him in heavenly places. So we're seated right now. You, if you're a believer, are in a place of victory. If you're a believer, you're in a place of overcoming. If you're a believer, you're in a place of authority. If you're a believer, all of Christ, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That is a powerful place to be. And so when we pray, we're praying from that place of of authority. We're praying praying from that place of victory because Christ has been raised up. And so what is within us is something more than what was in us when we were, before we were born again. What is within us now is all of God. All of that position is within us. He's made us sit together in heavenly place in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that's not of yourself. It's a gift of God. And so each and every one of us can freely receive everything he has for us. So, you know, when we say, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. All of that revelation, all of that understanding can, do, can declare the goodness of God. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. See, don't forget who you are. When storms come, don't forget who you are. When challenges come, don't forget who you are. But bless His holy name. See, there's more to being saved than merely being saved. I asked this question last week and I ask it again today. And sometimes I believe it's a question we need to ask ourselves maybe and, and ask each other sometimes, what does it mean to you to be saved? Because sometimes I believe that sort of challenges us a little bit and causes us to think a little bit, well, what does it mean to, for me to be saved? What does it mean to be saved? Your answer may be, well, it's a new life. I've, you know, your answer may be, I'm a, I'm a Christian now. I've got a home in heaven. And when I die, you know, I, I, I'm going to go to heaven. I can live, a, live like hell on earth. But you know, at least when I die, I'm going to go and be, with, be in heaven. I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm saved because you know, my aunt Nellie was saved. And I, I want to see Aunt Nellie when I, go to, when I die. People have the craziest reasons and understanding sometimes of what it means to be saved. Your answer could be, well, it's a new life. But you, we looked at this last week and said, you know, I said, you know, well, Jesus said there's more to being saved than just having a new life. Because having a new life totally changes you. If you've got a new life, then you're going to live differently. If you've got a new life, then you're going to think differently. If you've got, if you've got a new life, you're gonna, your actions are going to be different than they were when you had your old life. So Paul says there, there in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, he says, this is how you used to live, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love towards us. He loved us so much and he's rich in mercy 
See, we didn't just get a new life. John chapter 10 and verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Or you may have a rich and a satisfying life. I like the translation that says you may have life and more abundantly. Do you have life and some? Now you're living life, but you're living it with benefits. You're living life. Sometimes you feel like you're living life, but you're living like just dragging yourself through. That's no way to live as a believer. Just dragging yourself through till the end. Just holding on until the end. Just you know, struggling until the end. I'm just going to manage till the end. No, it's a life, but life to the full. A life which is an abundant life. See, the thief comes to kill, and the enemy will try and still kill and destroy anything from you. And it's almost like the more you're saved, not that you can be more saved, but the more of your understanding of being saved, and the more of who you are, as a, who you believe you are as a believer, the more the enemy will try and rob you of that. Because the Bible says that Jesus says the translation, the New Living Translation, says the thief has a purpose. He has a purpose, and that purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Every little bit of you. Mess you up sideways. Jesus, I came that you may have life. Jesus, I have a purpose too. And my purpose is greater for you than the purpose of the enemy. As Christians, our life shouldn't look should look totally different from our life before. You know, sometimes that takes a little while to, 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 to come in to, to effect, but it should look totally different from our life before. Almost almost unrecognizable. And and that unrecognizability, unrecognizableness is, is a testimony, I believe. And the Bible says testimonies are powerful because they cause people to overcome. They overcame him, the Bible says in Revelation, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even to the end. Testimony is powerful. And the testimony of your life being transformed and changed, you know, and living out of that position of victory and living out of that position of, of authority is a demonstration of the goodness of God, and the goodness of God needs to be demonstrated to mankind. If people in your world can't see the goodness of God in you, where are they going to see the goodness of God? See, some of us have been saved for so long that we believe who we are now is normal Christian. And, and we know we're seated, but we've become so seated, we're like on a sofa. You know, slobbed out. Couch but head of a Christian because we just think we know everything. And we're saved and we're going to heaven. You know, we, 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 we know enough of the scripture to, 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 know, to know who we should be. And so we just slob out. That, that's, that's not being seated in a place of victory. That's not being seated in a place of, I believe being seated in a place of victory, being in the state, seating in that place of high place with Christ is like on the edge of your seat. <laughs> 
sitting on the edge of this edge of your seat. Well, you know, I love it when we sit on the edge of our seat. You know, I believe we should be sitting on the edge of our seat in church. <laughs> you know, oh, just kidding. But but on the edge of my seat, I'm 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 anticipating something to change. On the edge of my seat, on the edge of that seat of authority, on the edge of that seat of victory, I'm anticipating something to happen and something to happen because of who I am and what, goes, what is coming through me, what is in me and what is available to me. We're sitting in that place of victory, expectant of God to do something on our behalf. You know, we're not sitting on a sofa just blobbing out. And so when we believe what's in us, within us, something's going to come out of us. And so when we, when, we, when, we, when we come to that place of bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. You see, blessing God with everything which is within us almost ignites the benefits to be manifest in our life. I believe when we bless the Lord with all my soul, I long, I long for the day when in the, when in the church when in, when, when in the church in pool there's such a one voice of oh bless the Lord all my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and forget all his benefits. That when there's one voice of a of blessing of God with one soul and one voice, there's miracles are breaking out all around the place. It happens, church. It happens. The Bible says, when we come together in unity, he commands blessing. He commands blessing. He commands blessing. And so, you know, see, bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and forget all his benefits. Now, we're giving God everything which is within us, and everything which is within us. You see, we can't give God what's not within us. We can't bless him with what we've been filled up with maybe on a Saturday night. We can't bless him with what we've been filled up because we've been scrolling through a whole lot of stuff that is just right in front of us because, well, it's there, so I'll look at it. We can't bless God with all this because of what we've been feeding ourselves on with our eyes or with our ears or with our just absorbing. So when he says, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all this with me, bless his holy name. You know, Paul, sorry, Paul, his name's David, wasn't it? Just testing you. Now David has got so much of his re of revelation of who God is that he's giving him everything. That he's giving him. He's like he's stirring up that which is which is within him. You know, Ephesians chapter three and verse twenty. I think it is. Says is it two and three and twenty? I think. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we can ever think or ask, according to what is working within us according to what is being stirred up within us, according to what we're generating within us. And in church, everything we, we have everything within us to enable us to give God everything of who He is. 
to James chapter 4 and verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So when we give God everything from within, which is within us to him, it's like we're drawing near to him. See, some, sometimes our prayer is, come draw near to me, God. Draw near to me, God. I want you to be close to me, God. I want you to be close to me. No, he says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Bless the Lord, my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name, and forget not all his benefits. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God. Sometimes we just sit and we expect God to do something for us. And when we're not prepared to give him anything of ourselves, lifting up his name, giving him his blessing, declaring who he is, you know, declaring the goodness of God, enter his gates, the Bible says, with thanksgiving, and come into his courts with praise. Sometimes we just come to come before God with our wish list. We come, but only, only ever come to church when we want something, when we need God to touch us. And that's good, absolutely good, because we're believing He's going to do something for us, and I believe we receive it if we by faith. I love it when people come to church because they need something, they need something to change. That they're doing, they're doing what Scripture says: draw near to me. And I will draw near to you. And as we draw near to God, the Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, your sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That says a lot, doesn't it? Psalm 73 and verse 28 says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. It is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all your works. Come on, God wants us to be a people to put our trust in Him. To put our trust in Him. To put our trust in Him. Draw near to God. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and forget not all His benefits. He does so much for us. Draw near to God. Maybe you need God to do something for you this morning. Maybe you're hungry for something to change in your life. Maybe you need God to minister to you in some way. As I said, I believe that it may be Mother's Day this morning, but God wants to minister to you this morning. He wants you to receive something from Him that causes you to say, well, that was worth going to church. That was worth me going and taking, make, take, making that effort and, and starting to worship him and give him a praise and blessing him and drawing near to him. And the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. How many of you need God to do something for you? How many need a touch from God this morning? How many need a touch? It's one person, two persons, three persons, four persons, five persons, someone else. You need God to touch you this morning. Seven persons. Come on, you need God to touch you. So let's just let's get on our feet just for a moment. The children are going to come back in just a moment. But God wants to minister you to you this morning. He wants to minister to you this morning. But the Bible says, draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Just as the band come and just lead us in worship for a few moments. If you need God to touch you this morning, if you need a touch from God, maybe you need an answer for something. Maybe you need some encouragement in the area of your life. Maybe you need to receive something from Him which you know is in the Word of God. You held your Bible this morning and said, this is my Bible. It is the Word of God. Uh, you said you were, you, um, you said, I am who it says I am. You said, I can do what it says you can, it can do, says you can do. And you said, I can have what it says I can have. Well, everything you need to sustain you is in the Word of God. There's a miracle for you for you in the Word of God. There's a word for you in the Word of God. Some people say, well, I just need a word from God. Well, open your Bible. 
There's a few words in there. Some of us say, I just need to hear from God. Open your Bible. Maybe open your ears. Maybe take something you heard this morning and say, that was for me. It may have been for the person in front of you as well, but don't just let them have it. (laughs) Grab the benefits. Grab the benefits. Let's worship for a few moments. Maybe worship just for this this moment in in a way you've never worshipped before. In a way you've never worshipped before. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Stir something up on the inside of you. You are a child of God. You you, you are redeemed. If you're a believer, you are redeemed. If you're a believer, you're a new creation. If you're a believer, the Bible says you have been raised up with Christ to new life. And you've been seated in a place of authority. The Bible says you've been raised up and you're seated with Him in heavenly places. If you're a believer this morning and worship his holy name come on just worship him for a moment thank you Jesus thank you Jesus worship you Lord come on give him your worship forget about those people around you forget that that is bothering you. Just put that that is bothering you. He came and he dealt with that on the cross 2,000 years ago. It's one of the benefits we read of in, in Psalm 103. Well, let's worship.